to episode 18 of The Naughty Step, a parenting podcast for parenting people. Starring author, columnist, husband, father, and occasional actual judge for the British Pie Awards, Stuart Heritage. And writer, columnist, I don't know what you're doing. What is that, Robin Wilder? I'm doing a bit. Because you told me that I should be a voiceover artist. Today on the show... Our important thoughts about soft play. And in Bedtime Book Club, there is a Wocket in my pocket by Dr. Zeus. Plus the hilarious tales on parenting you've come to know and love from this podcast. And nothing else. So that was a... Pi- what? Hi. So, no, right, no, stop doing that. Wait. What, you are doing that because I said in passing, that you should be a voiceover artist. Yeah, and I thought, well, I can make money from that. But I was reading about it, and you're supposed to do a showreel of different types of voices that you can do. So I thought I would do So you, my... went, you went straight to so... sex noise. Sex noise? Hey, hello, everybody. I'm a sexy lady. <laughs> mm. All right, no, let's, was... let's throw some out at you. Let's do... Okay, no, I was doing Radio 4. That was, it doesn't that work. Is that Radio... Right, come, come close again and do your Radio 4 voice. Say, now it's, I don't know, some... Radio 4 shit. Now on Radio 4, gardening in your 40s with feminism. (laughs) See? Okay, right, all right, okay, good. Now do um, an advert where there'd be like jaunty ukulele music and you're trying to sell a a ladder. Okay, you be the ukulele. Ding, 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 ding. Haven't got a ladder? No! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so because I said ladder, you immediately went northern. Uh, yeah, because only uh, poor people have ladders, and most of the poor people are in the north. We don't have any listeners. No, in the we don't have any listeners. We don't have any fine. listeners. How are you, Stuart? I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Bye. You're such an <laughs> asshole. I was literally breathing in to tell you how I was. <laughs> literally breathing in. I'm going to Portugal tomorrow you with are. our oldest son. Yes, and your dad. And my dad, who can look after himself, so I'm not that fussed about. Can him. we? Can we? Can we just get back to the? So you're going specifically to recreate a holiday uh-huh. that you went on as a child yes. in Portugal. Yes. But as an adult now with your own son and your father. Yes. But you don't remember... I was three. Where you went. No. Uh, what you did. No. <laughs> I've seen fit pictures. There are pictures of mainly parrots and trees. <laughs> as far as I can tell from the pictures, your dad dug a hole in the sand <laughs> and you went in it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. I met a boy, I realised from looking at the photos, whose only word uh, he could say was toast. Oh, right. So I'm, hopefully I'm going to recreate that. <laughs> Mainly, like, I might concuss a kid. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, no, say that on record. Um, do you know where you're going yet? No! And you don't no. know where you're staying? Don't know where I'm going, don't know where I'm staying. I've sent some emails. No one's told me. Right. Uh, it might be an adventure. We might be, I think, if it all goes wrong, the article will become, what's it like to be Tom Hanks in the terminal with a three-year-old? <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. I'm looking forward to you Good! Portugal. You're not coming? I know. I'm looking forward to you going. <laughs> You're such a twat. I'm looking forward to you going to Portugal. It'll be a, a nice break from dual parenting. Yeah. But I'm very much uh, not looking forward to not being in the same country as my son. You keep uh, you keep texting me links to articles like, what to do when your son is definitely abducted <laughs> in Portugal next week? Well, th- I hope they're helpful and I hope you read them. I did read them. You what? have to shout... Yellow-haired boy! 
I'm looking for him because the idea is if you shout it, uh, the the abductor will hear that you're looking for that boy and you're spreading the word among everyone you see. So if someone sees him, they'll know that he's being abducted. Okay. Okay. Look, I'm just saying, you're going to be glad when you come back and everyone's safe. Yes, I will be glad. Yeah. You'll say thank you, Robin, for your helpful uh, non-alarmist articles about child safety. What are you talking about today, Stuart? We're talking about soft play today, Robin. Why are we talking about soft play? It's, oh, it's so noisy. (laughs) It's it's noisy and it's too colourful and there's too much going on. And uh, our kids aren't big enough to just let them go. Our kids, no. You have to get involved a bit. No, no, and this is one of my biggest problems with soft play. Our kids are exactly big enough for soft play. One of them is three. That is getting towards peak soft play age, right? Right. He should be, if we go to soft play, our son should be the big kid. Well, I think this depends on the soft play, because we we are non-drivers, so we go to relatively small, accessible soft plays that you don't have to drive to. The big ones where you have to drive to that are like the size of a warehouse, I think they have different age groups, so you can be like 9, 10, 11, 12 and go... Well, imagine being 12... And going to a soft play. No, Imagine when I was 12, I was listening to Velvet Underground quite a lot. Well, you I'm probably were. Thinking about Duff. But so so the ones that we go to are fairly generic, and I think the top end is around 3-4. Um, is it, though? Well, it should be. It fucking should be. Was it yesterday? No. No. Uh, how old were those kids? They Some were taller than 18. Me. They weren't 18. They were. They all had stubble. They had low voices. They, to, they kept popping up for cigarettes. Listeners, we went to a soft play at a garden centre yesterday. That was uh, terrible. It was very warm. It was the worst and hour of my life. Also, uh, there was a kid's birthday party in it. And those kids, I'm going to say they were at least seven. Yeah. They were just jumping around in their princess dresses. Yeah. And the thing that pissed me off the most about it was that it was it was separated. They had the soft plate. And then they had just like a little padded area for babies, babies to yeah. crawl around in. And we've got a baby. And he was the only baby there. So we put him there and he crawled around. And then all these kids... One kid came on and her friend went, You can't go in there. And she went, I'm going to be careful. And then within like a blink of an eye, there were hundreds of kids just crawling over each other. And I was like, threw myself on Ned like it was an unexploded grenade <laughs> to protect him from these fucking princess dressed nylon assholes. The very nice, very patient lady who works at the soft play kept, like, sporadically coming over and being like, you can't be here, remember, because... Yeah. And they took them out. And then this big kid with a Pikachu uh, face painted on his face. He was enormous. He was just this gigantic, like, as tall as me, really stocky (laughs) kid with a Pikachu face painted. He leapt over the barrier and I went, no, this is not for you. You must get out. And he went... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he kept sort of looking fearfully at me for the rest of the afternoon. Did you do the thing where you put your finger, you point your fingers towards your eyes, and then you point them towards his eyes, and then you point them towards? No, no, no. Eyes. I think I literally, I like swung my finger out, like get out. Wow. Because they'd all of these fucking kids had pissed me off so much, and their parents were right there, and they were just ah, oh, the, the parents pissed me off more than anything, and they didn't bat an eyelid. Their kids were like basically trying to stomp our baby on the head. I hate soft play so much. I hate soft fucking play so much. There are, and we have, we've only experienced three levels of soft play. One 
is the kind of square of soft play that's in the middle of a shopping centre yeah. for kids to run around and tie themselves out of. Yep. There's one of those at the airport tomorrow. Oh, really? I'm going to beeline it to that because they're Good. my favourite. Good. The other type is the garden centre type, which uh-huh. is basically an offshoot of the cafe. And then there's the big warehouse Yeah, one. yeah. They're all awful. <laughs> yeah. No, they're bad. We went When we went to Milton Keynes a few months ago, we took the kids to the... Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like three levels. Yeah. Like you went in there, immediately lost Herbie. Like it, yes. I was just following you <laughs> from sitting down, getting more and more frantic as you were like climbing up <laughs> these big foam ladders. <laughs> and then I went in there and I managed to keep hold of Herbie, but all the other kids were like crying and like, I've lost my phone. Have you seen? It was like a war zone at the end and people are just coming and be like, please help me, I just need you to... <laughs> Awful. Was, was it like the film Dunkirk? Yes, it was. I was thinking of Dunkirk. <laughs> Going to soft play is like watching the film Moulin Rouge. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful, awful sound and light and too much no, happening. No uh, truck is given to acoustic um, optimization. There, no, it's no. all hard surfaces. So yeah. one kid screaming sounds like ten kids screaming, yeah. and there are a thousand kids screaming. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, our kids are always so... Right, I know it's what something all parents say, but our kids are good kids. And the thing that breaks my heart about soft play is that I have to watch our kids being good in a room full of barbarians who don't pay attention to rules. There's always one arsehole. Yeah. There? There's always one arsehole kid who thinks that your child is one of the squishy things that yeah. can kick. And Herbie, is, he's so... He was just going, like, like, he's like, no, no, you first, and excuse me. And <laughs> and all these kids just, like, caked off their brain on sugar and just... <laughs> and he's like, excuse me, excuse me. We went on a train a couple of weeks ago, and it was busy, and I was taking him down at the aisle. Yeah. Looking for a seat. And every pa- every time we passed a little row of seats, he's like, excuse me, excuse oh, me. Oh, God. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, and then to put take that, like, the purity of that, and drop him into the hell mouth... Yes, it's. I think a lot of people feel like that with their kids. I, uh, I remember going to soft play when Herbie was very small, like maybe one and a half, and this big kid, big kid came over, like elbowing his way over to Herbie, and I said, "Be careful of the baby," and uh, the kid went, "Why?" <laughs> and I said, "Cause, uh, cause he's he's only he's only one," and the kid went, "Oh, I don't care," and just kept elbowing around. I came very close yesterday to deliberately tripping children up. <laughs> they were running around, and I thought, if I just stick my leg out, they're not paying attention. They could really hurt themselves. But I didn't, and I think that's entirely to my credit. Uh, but I like the theory of soft play. I like the, I like the idea that they can't hurt themselves because uh-huh. it's soft. Uh, I like the idea that it's professionally maintained because I like to think, and I'm sure this isn't the case, that at the end of every day, some industrial antibacterial cleaner comes in and just whirs over everything. Every single ball in the ball pit. Yes. Buffed. To, to, to sterile gleam. And then there's someone coming along in blue gloves, blue gloves, to check everything <laughs> and run a black light over stuff. Right. That's not what happens. No, that isn't. They if just close anything, it down. Yeah. We asked a bunch of people on Twitter uh, about what, what their worst experience of soft play was. I've received so many answers. One of them... Uh, so I was just watching someone else's kid in the ball pit eating a cocktail sausage <laughs> and it was just coming apart oh, and going God. everywhere. And that's not the worst. Someone found a poo just under the top layer of pools. Uh, I'm sure that's all ball pools. I think the thing is, soft play 
on a good day where nothing bad happens is intolerable. Yeah, it's very traumatic. It's the noise and the potential danger to your children and the fact that you keep losing them. Has anything personally bad happened to you in Airsoft Play? I'm asking you because I have a story about something bad that happened. Oh, well, uh, no, not particularly. Last year, we went to Reading for a night. Yeah. Because for a sad reason, you went to visit your mum in hospital, should I say that? Yeah. You went to visit your mum in a hospital and I needed to take care of Herbie for a few hours while you did it. So I went to, there's, in the mother care in Reading, there's a very tall, like, four-storey soft plate just wow. wedged into the end of the store. Um, and I ripped my trousers wide open at the crotch. <laughs> wide open and what I was were you wa- doing I was just like crawling up some stairs or jumping between stuff but I ripped my trousers wide open I was wearing dark trousers and very contrasting pants <laughs> and I remember thinking of all the places you don't want to have an expo- exposed groin oh my god in front of other parents it's when you're trapped in like a foam <laughs> labyrinth with children I can't even remember if I bought other trousers. Did you bring a change? I don't think I did. Oh, I think I had to go home like it. Oh, God, and then we went to a TGI Friday, so that our entire day was a mess. Yep. Terminally ill mum in hospital. But, but I, had a, I had a very disappointing meal. <laughs> now it is time for Bedroom Book Club, the segment where we discuss books that we have read our children at bedtime. It is very self-explanatory. Today's book is... What's this book called? Look at my pocket. Bye. Julius C. Donaldson. Julius C. Donaldson? No, by Dr... He's going... A boy, either through hard evidence or outright delusion, comes to believe that his house is being occupied by a battalion of odd little creatures... Fortunately, they all reside near household objects that rhyme with their names. And that's literally it. There's a Wocket in My Pocket was published by Random House in 1974 and currently has an Amazon page rank of 51,226. Uh, so yeah, this is the book we're reading. There's a Wocket in My Pocket by Dr. Zeus. Zeus. Zeus? He wrote a poem. You're wrong as the juice and you shouldn't rejoice if you're calling him Seuss. He pronounces it Soyce. The story of There's a Wocket in My... Have you read it? Yes. And what do you think of it? I feel like it's a bit lazy. Yeah, that's... Uh, so there's, there's a wocket in my pocket. There's a... A gore in yeah. my door. There are lots of different made-up animals in this house, and they all live near things that do... That yeah, there's a it. gramp in my lamp. Sometimes I feel quite certain there's a jerton in there. Sometimes I have the feeling there's a zlock behind there. And it's a bit lazy, because they're not real things. It reminded me of Oi Frog, in that it's rhyming. And, you know, there's a sheep sit on heaps, and elephants sit on smelly patches. Sheep don't sit on heaps. That's one that Herbie makes up. up. Yeah, okay, whatever. Leopards sit on shepherds. Yes. Crabs sit on kebabs. It goes on and on. What I like about that is that they're things that rhyme with things. Yeah. He's just gone, there's a, there's a, there's a shelf. Uh, Zelf. <laughs> Uh, hey, there's a there's my basket. What is in a basket? Basket. That'll do. Um, and that's all it is. That's yeah. all the book is. Um, it, it doesn't feel very satisfying at the end. No, no. It, it's it's structured very weirdly. Um, so it starts off like, did you ever get the feeling there's a basket in your basket? Um, 
there's a, a neuro in the bureau and there's yes. a, a what's it in the closet. And then it says, sometimes I'm certain there's a jerton in the curtain. And that's I, that's where I decided to buy the book. I was reading it in the shop with Herbert. Right. And I thought, ah, oh, this is good. It's going to expand and there'll be multiple rhymes. And it isn't. It just goes back to there's a zable on the table. Or there's a quimney up the chimney. Any idiot could do this. But it's so lazy because green eggs and ham is very complex. That's why I bought it. I bought it because Green Eggs and Ham is one of our favourite books. Yeah, and it's so satisfying to read. And it has a point. Yep. Everything fits. Did you notice, though, the greeting on the ceiling? Do you know who that is? No. That's the guy who doesn't like Green Eggs and Ham. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, OK. And I figured they all were all basically that. I think he could just draw one thing and that but was no, it. But it's the same, it's the same, same illustration. OK. I noticed it because oh, well, I'm really... Another I'm really thing. clever. Beat next on Radio 4. I'm Being really clever by Robin Wilder. Blur, blur, blur. Blur, look at me. I'm so <laughs> clever. My voice is lovely. So um, I've now got to do a... I think I need to do something that's more fun and young now. Okay. Like what? Like what's fun and young? Um, uh, you're a continuity announcer on ITV2. <laughs> that was Love Island. Next, Love Island. <laughs> Another thing I don't like about this book... Okay. Uh, it, not only do the things just arbitrarily, they're just made-up words. And I'm going to circle back. That is something, the book What the Ladybird Did Next, I've rejected entirely. Why? Because they... For exactly the same reason. And there's just one instance of it. There are the two thieves who they go and look for an egg or something and they can't find one. And then... Uh, Julia Donaldson just invents an animal. She's like, haven't you heard? There's a great big snuffly snurd. And that's a... Fuck it up. That's lazy. That's lazy. And that's just one instance where I've just rejected the book. There's a wocket in my pocket is an entire book of that. It's just a made-up word and then a thing. There's a slock in the clock. The thing that annoys me most is that he doesn't even try. They're all Zeds. There's a Zlock in the clock. There's a Zelf on the shelf. There's a Zimni in the chimney. There's a Zowit in the shower. There's a Zillow on my pillow. Just be a bit more run up and down the alphabet a bit, Dr. Soyce. (laughs) I refuse to call you that because you wrote a lazy book. Yeah. It's a short book. Mm. You can read it in two minutes, which on paper makes it a perfect bedtime book because you can be like, get in bed, bang, 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 go to sleep, (laughs) slam. I'm going to watch Ozark. 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 We finished that month. Whatever. I was just picking a picking a thing. Patrick Melrose. <laughs> Next on BBC Two, Patrick Melrose is in trouble again. It's on Sky Atlantic, but never mind. Next. <laughs> Next on Sky Atlantic. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just but stop doing voices. You're not. No, the no. Of You're the woman of one voice. <laughs> I'm done one... badly in different ways. <laughs> one and a half at least. Oh, next on Sky Atlantic. Oh, okay, all right. Anyway. Patrick Melrose. Jesus Christ. I just want to talk about the book. Okay, so stop grabbing your breasts. It's a short book. You can read it in two and a half minutes. Herbie knows this. Right. And as soon as you get to the last page, he's preempts you. And the geeling on the... And the zower in my... And the... Zillow... So he likes it. So the story of Dr. Seuss, very interesting man. He uh, wrote children's books. He wrote adult books that did badly. Right. Went to war, came back, wrote children's books. Um, He had an affair and his wife killed herself. Did you know that? 
I think she was very ill, but also she had an affair. He had an affair, and and they all conspired to her ending her life deliberately. What a bad doctor! I don't think he was a doctor. Not even a doctor. He won an Oscar. Doctors can win Oscars. No, I'm just saying he he won an Oscar. He made he made a uh, wartime. Hey, Dad's here. Hello. Belly aching about today. <laughs> All sorts. So that was your dad. That was my dad. Yeah, <laughs> he just stopped over to drop off some luggage for the holiday. So yeah, he won an Oscar for he made wartime. Not my dad. <laughs> Doctor Zoys. Doctor Zoys won an Oscar for uh, he made a wartime propaganda film called uh, Machines of Death or something. That isn't what it's called, but it's something of death. The Death Factory. Cats. I don't care. I can't be bothered to look at Cats of Hats of Death. <laughs> There's a weapon in my death. He wrote a film called The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. Have you ever seen it? No, I've heard of it. But... It is simultaneously the most boring and terrifying film I've ever seen. It looks like one of his books, but with people in it. Yeah. So there's a little boy who's got, who wears a hat with a hand on it, and he just... It's very odd, and it's also really slow and boring. Is it like bad Twin Peaks? It is. It's just like pin, Twin Peaks. Pin That's Peaks. what it reminds... Pin Peaks. <laughs> pin Tweaks. <laughs> Oi. So what would you give it? Out of ten. Out of ten. Well, we should do it together. Okay. You've read it. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's a, a walk it in, in my, my pocket, pocket by Dr. Oh. Zoys. One, two, three, three. four. Huh. That's not bad. No. Place. You're more generous than I am. Yeah, because Herbie likes it, and I care about what my son feels. Uh, I don't. So here are your soft play experiences. So this one's from Clary Mama Berry on Instagram. One terrible day. Pumps. Oh dear, okay. <laughs> All right, we don't want your life story, Claire Berry Fairy, whatever your name is. Pumped up on hormones. I thought it would be a good idea to take the stroppy toddler and his tiny weeny newborn brother along to mother care for blah, 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 blah. Failed to find anything and everyone is a bit grumpy. There's a cafe and a soft play upstairs. I sat on an uncomfortable chair and tried to breastfeed. I noticed after a while other children coming off the soft play to complain to their parents that someone had done a poo. Mm. Parents would then retrieve their toddler from the ball pit, do a bum sniff and return to their coffee with a relieved sigh. I was so busy trying to get my tongue-tied oh, month no. to latch onto my massively overripe melon of a boob that it takes me a good 20 minutes uh, and a process of horrifying elimination to realise it was my child who had pooed and was happily running around scenting the air with his oh, doings, no. which had leaked out of his nappy. I spent the next ten minutes trying to get him off the soft play through a series of bribes and threats. <laughs> the whole cafe oh is almost silent. And trying not to watch. <laughs> As I attempt to wrestle my son to the toilets. He's crying loudly. I not want my nappy changed. And trying to kick me. I have a newborn over one shoulder, slowly dribbling milk down my back. Red-faced and sweaty, I suddenly realised... That one boob is still out. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry, Claire. That's Barry, a good story. Mama That's, That's a, a very, very good story. story. Well done. This one's from Neil Gibbons, who is a writer yeah. of Alan Partridge. That's not my Alan Partridge impression. Do I've never worked do so hard to make him nice to me. Today on BBC Two, Alan Partridge again. Two weeks ago, my three-year-old disappeared at soft play. I have several questions about this. Mm-hmm. Found him eating Jaffa cakes with a member of the Stone Roses and his slightly older boys. It was lovely. Back in the play area, I saw the boys shoving my kids to the ground and kicking them in the face. Still, a great band. 
Which member do you think yeah, it was? Yeah, I think it was Manny. Manny. Yeah. Completely. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> last one is from Robert Gilbert, whose name is Rob Gilbs uh-huh. on Twitter. He said, not a horror story per se, oh, but no. I was just in there watching my kid when a random child just came and sat on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> I froze and prayed to God her parents were not going to freak out. But luckily, they didn't seem to mind. What would you do? Something similar happens to me a lot in the, the shopping centre. Oh, really? Paid. I think because I have a, the open face of a friendly person. I think you have an open face of a friendly child. I, I, I think I'm very a inherently childlike. Child. Yeah. I'm a childlike and I, I attract children to me because of my friendliness. And uh, I was playing with Herbie and this boy came running up to me and started showing me his van. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, and looking around, seeing, oh, where's your parents? This is, I don't want, like, number one, it's weird that this is happening. Number two, I don't want to overstep the boundaries that the other parent has set for the child. Yes. Number three, why the fuck isn't that other parent doing it? Why is this all <laughs> falling on me? Why am I the one who has to do it? And then Herbie started chasing me. He does this thing where he wants to be a dinosaur. And right. he chases me around going, ah, ah, and I run around going, oh, dinosaur, oh, no. And then Herbie was going, daddy, daddy. And then the boy was going, daddy, daddy. Because <laughs> I have kids coming up to me and going, hello, would you like to see my shoe? And you're like, well, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a nice shoe. Where's your mummy? I always go. Oh, that's good. I never do that. But you should. There's some good stories. Yeah. That level continuing, please, throughout the podcast. Not... Okay, send us good stories, please. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think that's what we should say. Our friend Naomi P. Wilkinson, mm-hmm. who is the illustrator uh, for The Pool, and she does lots yeah, of my Yeah, she's colleagues. great. She's brilliant. She pointed out that ever since her kids have gone to soft play, they have just had a constant stream of colds. And I realised that's the same for us. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should stop them going to soft play. Maybe. They uh, are just bacteria pits we always get ill as soon as our kids are around other kids yeah listeners do your kids go to nursery our kids don't we've selected one and we'll be sending our child there what can we expect tell us your nursery horror stories my book don't be a dick pete comes out in paperback tomorrow Woo-hoo! i would like you to buy a copy uh and buy it for your friends it's good uh, also, if you, if cosmopolitan you're... called it the funniest book of the year uh, I'd just like to say thank you to the man on Instagram, I've forgotten who it is, I'm sorry, who sent me a message saying that my uh, test tube for pets analogy was perfect and easily understandable from the outset and you were either being willful or stupid. I'd like to thank the man on Twitter who called our pipette test tube conversation self-indulgent waffle. Who said that? A man on Twitter. Oh, to us? Yeah, Naughty Step Pod. Oh, Dr. Ed Bridges. <laughs> Relief that the self-indulgent waffle on this week's Naughty Step Pod about pipettes and test tubes was saved by a great analysis of why Hey Doug is the best one ever. A woof. Yeah, so he, he he gave with one hand and took away with the other. I like, it no, was quite no. self-indulgent. And do you know and what? This whole thing, you've been doing voices close up into a microphone. This is going to drive him crazy. And now on Radio 4, Ed Bridges. Saying nice things... And saying bad things. Get some sleep. Bye-bye! I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. 
We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.